0: Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code Believe to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It's time for another edition of Believe in Saints. He is the wide receiver, Terrence Copper, and I am your co-host, David Grubb. Welcome back. Um, TC, man, the last time we talked, we were getting into camp, finally starting to see some pads. Um, But last week, incredibly hot. A lot of switching and trying to get indoors a little bit more. But what we also saw at the end of the week in particular, going into even to, to Sunday's practices, the offense is looking a little bit disjointed right now. And over the last four days, the defense has consistently been winning in these drills. Primarily, it looks like because the offensive line is not together. How big a concern is it for the Saints if they can't get this offensive line on one accord before the season starts?
1: Uh, it's not a big concern right now because at the end of the day, the defense always progress a lot faster than the offense does. So the defense is going to click a little quicker. Than the offense anyway so it's nothing to be alarmed about we still in camp uh and that's the reason you in camp you know you in camp to iron out different things to get things corrected to make the mistakes you need to make in camp uh so it's not concerning at all
0: are you worried any about some of the injuries though because we have seen andrews pete he missed practice again on sunday that's his fourth consecutive miss which is always a little bit troubling with him um you did have Ryan Ramchick taking a veterans rest day. Most of the most of the other guys have taken their scheduled rest days, but Throckmorton's been out a little bit more than usual, um, still dealing with pinning as well, not being at full speed. Uh Caesar Ruiz and Throckmorton were back in practice today, but not 100 percent are you worried at all, though, with the injuries on an offensive line? Do you think the Saints are still going to try to maybe look for, as we get into the preseason, who gets released from other teams and see if there's some veterans who could step in?
1: Yeah, I think I think they're always looking for that. I think teams always going to look for when somebody else gets released, are we able to bring them in, a veteran to bring in. But I'm not really concerned about the injuries. The only injuries I'm concerned is about the ones that's, that get injured all the time. Those are the guys that I'm worried about because – if they, if it was injured last year and now preseason roll around, we in training camp and here they injured again, that's kind of a telltale sign that maybe this guy, he might be injury prone. It all depends on what injury it is. You know, if it's nothing, go, if it's nothing too crazy, then we okay. But the ones that concern me is the ones that's been injured, that's been constantly getting injured. Those are the injuries that concern me. And that's the
0: Pete. And that's the unfortunate thing that's been his career. Um, Even when he's been solid and there are years he's graded out pretty well. It's just the amount of games that, you know, almost that you can count on him to miss a handful of games every season.
1: Yeah. And, and one thing about offensive linemen usually don't miss games. Like usually across the board, usually your offensive linemen are the most sturdy guys. No, when I say sturdy, I'm not talking about they don't get injured or they don't get hurt. Of course that happens. But you don't have a lot of offensive linemen that miss games. Uh, Those guys usually, you know, they're they're usually playing all the games, all 16, 17 games. uh, Are they beat up a little bit? They're going to get beat up. But usually they don't miss games like that. So it's a little concerning the fact he's continuing to miss. But I'm quite sure the Saints have something up their sleeve. If we're concerned about it, trust me, the Saints, they are their antennas up about it as well. They did get some good news though last week. The two biggest pieces of good news.
0: Number one, Alvin Camara only getting three games on his suspension from the league. I, I thought it would be, it would start at somewhere around six and get negotiated back to possibly four. He gets three. I think he went up there and you saw his, I don't know if you saw his statement following this, but the level of contrition was much different than it was when the incident first popped off. And he kind of apologized, like, "Yeah, I think whomever in his life or on the team, whatever, got to him. Because this is not something that we had seen typically out of Alvin Kamara. We are not known him to be a guy who was a troublemaker, a problem for any anybody. He's one of the most beloved players probably in this league, both locally and nationally. But I think between that incident and when emotions are high and things are going and you think somebody did this, that, and the other, to now... I think that's the difference. Him going to the commissioner and saying, "Look, I know I messed up." You know, like like at a lot of times, I think players have gone and said, "I'm gonna fight this." I, you know, I didn't deserve this. I think he went and laid laid on that sort of said, "I'm the only one at fault here. It's me." But I've not been a problem.
1: What do you think, man? You know what? I think for one, only getting three games that's amazing. Uh, not not saying what he did was right. Uh, but one thing about it is the Bible speaks of agreeing with your adversary quickly, you know? So when you do something wrong, go ahead and admit to it, agree to it. Yes, I did it, but I'm not going to do it anymore. So I like the fact that he went to him and admitted to it, understood that, okay, this is my fault. He apologized. Well, even when he apologized, he said it was his fault. He said ambassador embarrassed the program. He, he put all the blame on himself. So by him taking ownership of that, you know, and him getting three games, even though he made a mistake, it still goes to the testament of the type of person that he is. You know, he made a mistake. He fessed up to it. He owned up to it. Um, I think it's now it's time to move on. Not trying to say what he did was, was right, but, okay, he's getting three games. and move on from it. Let's move on.
0: One of the other things, too, is that as a coaching staff, you know, th- it's great to get this information early. You know, you haven't played your first preseason game yet, but you know exactly now what you need to do to the rest of training camp to get these other backs that you are very confident in prepared and you know which three opponents you have to deal with. So you've set up Alvin's plan to get back and be ready for week four. You set up your game plan now and coaches love to have that knowing that there's not going to be any more questions.
1: This is all done. Let's move forward. Oh, yeah, definitely. And like I said, only missing three games, the first three games, that's, and you, like I said, you know it ahead of time, uh, even when they come to game planning. You know, so like you said, everything is perfect with that when it comes to knowing when he gets suspended early in the, early in the preseason. You know, so as an offensive coordinator, like you you kind of already hit it on the head. They know how to scheme. They know how to, okay, You have our other backs. Let's see what we can do with these guys. And honestly, it gives those other backs an opportunity to show what they can do because they're going to have to tote the pill. They're going to they gonna have to tote the rock. So, with Alvin Kamara being out, it opens the door, not saying it's a great thing for Alvin, but it still opens the door for this, these younger running backs to go out there and prove themselves, whether they're proving themselves to be with the Saints long term or to prove themselves that another team may pick them up after they leave the Saints. Of course, you want to keep them, but we know that's the NFL. So they could go to another team, but them going out there and having the opportunities first three games to be featured, you know, as the running back, you know, that's huge. I think for Alvin, there's, there's a thought too. Is like to only have three,
0: you know, when you, as you're, as a running back approaching the age of 30 and you don't want people to steal your job. Yeah. You're out for six games. That gives guys a real opportunity to kind of prove themselves. Mm-hmm. The fewer games you're out, the more, you know, the quicker you get back to proving how valuable you are to this team.
1: Right. Right. And I think once he gets back, I think we'll be, he'll be click. He'll be right now hitting right back on all And once he gets back, uh, the biggest thing is that he didn't miss training camp. Like, And we kind of talked about it before. Training camp is tough on all players, but training camp is needed. It's needed when it comes to timing. It's needed to get your body prepared. It's needed for certain movements that you're going to be doing in the game so you're not rusty, you know, because you're constantly working on it, constantly working on it in tough situations, you know. So that type of thing when it comes to training camp, he needed that. and I love the fact he didn't miss training camp.
0: And the reports have been that he's more explosive than he was a year ago, that he worked on his hip alignment and some things that he found were off with his body. And we know how big he has been on his workouts since he got to the league on his balance and his conditioning and all those things. But he's been working on that to even be better conditioned. And this is a guy that we believe is one of the best athletes in the league. His, he's even working on his breath control
1: so he could be stronger in the fourth quarter. That That's just the level of commitment he has to this game. That, that's the work ethic he has, and that's the work ethic. Honestly, that's how he's gotten to this point. He's one of the best running backs to play the game, you know, so one of the most versatile running backs to play the game. You know, so, but that is how he's gotten to this point, his work ethic, not just the things that he do over at the facility, but also what he does during his off time, during the, during the off season, staying in shape. That was one. Of, when I first got to the league, I came in, and I was, I was a little out of shape when I came in my first, my rookie year, I say I was out of shape, but I was at a certain, I was weighing a certain amount. And during the off season, like said, I'm still a rookie, during my first off season, I put on weight. And then when I got back for the summer camp, not summer camp, but for OTAs and workouts, I dropped my weight back down. And one thing the conditioning coach always told me, he was like, listen, you're a professional now. You gotta stay in shape year round. This can't just be, oh, I must be in shape during the season during the offseason, do what I got to do, whatever I want to do, get out of shape, and then come back and try to get back in shape. Like, the best ones stay in shape year-round. You know, they're always working on their game. They're always working on their body. And I was glad I was able to have have that conversation early in my career as a rookie compared to not really understanding how to go about my business. And I think Camaro, he has it down pat when it comes to taking care of his body the entire season.
0: One of those guys, then the other piece of big news is also exemplified that um, when you talk about Cam Jordan, a guy who's approaching 200 games played with the Saints, the only second player ever behind Drew Brees to play 200 games in a Saints uniform during a regular season, um, to see Cam get that extension, he is really like, I think if you if you if you're talking about the four most important players in the history of this franchise, it's, To me, you know, Ricky Jackson, Drew Brees, Morton Anderson, and Cam Jordan, like as far as like what they've represented as what being a New Orleans saint is. And over these last 14 years, 12, 13 years with Cam Jordan, he's been the ultimate New Orleans saint. And for him to now get the rare opportunity that most players don't get to start and finish their career with one team, you know, how big is that? And how how important has he been? To this franchise,
1: by him getting that extension shows you the importance of him, not just on the football field, but the things he does in the community as well. Like I say, he is—he's a saint in every form of the word. He's a saint, you know. So the fact that he's gotten an extension is huge to be able to start and finish your your career there. But the extension shows you the commitment that the organization has towards you—that we want you to retire a saint. But it's not charity. He still has, he still got a lot left in the tank. He's still out there making plays. So it's not like he doesn't deserve that extension, but we're just looking at how his age, you know, but he's still out there making plays. So he definitely deserve it. And I'm I'm glad he had it. And I'm glad the Saints actually gave it to him. Yeah. Like you said, he's been still, he's still the best defensive lineman they have. And
0: it's not by default. He's still playing at a high level. Like it's not going to be 14 sacks, 15 sacks anymore. That's not he's he's not the young man that he was. But still, for what he's been able to do on the field, and like you said, that people forget, he's also up there in batted passes. It's not just sacks. He's he's been a great run defender. He as far as all around uh, defensive ends, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, we have to like like we have to really start talking about him, not as fans saying. Hey, we think this guy. But this is—he's part of the all-decade
1: team from the 2010s. He's going to be in the in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, and let's let's put football out of the picture—the actually on the field stuff out of the picture. The things he's done on the field, what he brings to that locker room is just as important as what he brings on that on that football field. Being a good teammate, showing these younger guys when they come in how to be a professional, how to go about your business—you know, keeping that D-line locker room. Uh, under subjection you know so it's a lot of things that he brings to the table outside of what he does on the football field that he brings to that locker room that people really don't understand the importance of having a good locker room because if you don't have a good locker room when things are going bad things can get very bad but if you have a good locker room you got some good leadership in there when things start going bad which every year every team going to hit that slump to where they go through a little rough patch you got to have the right leadership in there to hold the fort together, to keep the ship together, and have the right stir. So, just him coming back is huge for that locker room.
0: Yeah, you've never seen him down. Like even when the team has been underperforming, he's been angry, he's been upset, but he's never been defeated. And and, and that part of the type of leadership you get out of him. Yeah, he's, he's he's definitely held that franchise together at different times. And as you talk about off the field, one of the most important for me was when they went through that Drew Brees controversy, that, that offseason, when it was about the the flag and things like that, and it felt like there was a moment that it could have gone, as you said, really bad. Cam, Demario Davis, guys like that, for better, however people want to feel about it, stepped into that breach and sealed that off before it became something that could divide the team
1: hmm Yep. You know, like I said, it could have been bad, but those guys, that's just that leadership that they bring. And you need guys like that in your locker room. You need them. You, one of the things about
0: practice this week, the intense heat. And, but you also have now, because the NFL has allowed teams to, to let the fans watch practice, you can't do the whole set inside because you give it, sold these tickets to fans and allowed them to, to be out there. I, as a player, is that you know on the days when he's just really oppressive and things and it could be better for everybody to be inside? That part of being an entertainer and not just an athlete,
1: is that a little bit frustrating during you know in those situations? It's not frustrating because once we get the word that we're outside, we change our mindset. So w- once we even get over to the locker room, once we find out, okay, practice outside, okay, we get our mind right when we in the locker room. And so once we get out there, we out there. You know, but the ones that get you is when you may be supposed to be inside, then coach. Oh, we outside. You know, (laughs) that's what gets you. (laughs) You know, but the fact we have a chance to switch our mindset in the locker room before we come out, we're fine with it. Because football is football, and and at the end of the day, who we have first game of the season? I I need to look at the schedule. Who got first game of the season?
0: Um, But first regular season game is uh, Titans, Tennessee. Yeah,
1: Tennessee. Tennessee. So we're we're not gonna be that bad in Tennessee if it's home. Is it home or away? Home, it's uh, at home. It's at home. So that's perfect. That's perfect. But i tell you i give you a quick story. I forgot what year it was. Maybe 08 or 07. We played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers early in the season. Maybe like the first or second game or something like that. When I tell you it was probably 110 degrees outside, playing down in Tampa, every receiver had to get an IV after the game. You had Marcus Colston cramping up. You had Lance Moore cramping up. You had Devery Henderson cramping up. David Patton cramping up. I'm cramping up. And this was because we play in that extreme heat down in Tampa, you know, so us being able to get a uh, battle hardened practicing in this, in this humidity that they have in new Orleans, you know, it's perfect when it comes to preparing you for the games. Of course, it's not right. Of course you don't like it when you're in it, but you understand it and you deal with it. This is the first preseason week
0: for the saints. It's finally a game week. They do have the Kansas city chiefs, um, on Sunday. Um, what is it once you get that switch from, okay, practice to now game prep, what is that first week? Like, and then when you have so many guys on the roster, still, you haven't made any cuts yet, really. What is that preparation like and get making sure that enough people get on the field?
1: Well, this game right here is going to be probably more about those younger guys. Uh, you may have some vets that play this first game. I'm not sure because I know when I when I used to play, we had four preseason games. I want to say now right. it's cut back to three. So I don't know how they're mm-hmm. treating this first game anymore. But I know when I first played, the vets really didn't play that first that first game. It was more.
0: Yeah, I'd be surprised if they give more than a series yeah.
1: to Carr. Yep. In this first, yeah, it's more about those younger guys being able to evaluate the talent that you have, especially the ones that you really un- that you're unsure or you want to see more of. In game like situations. So preseason is preseason. Uh, one thing we have to realize though, no matter how this game go, it's not going to determine the season of the saints, because one thing fans, you have to realize we do not game plan in the preseason. You know, we're going to go out there. We're going to run our stuff. Whatever we see is what we see. And we make the adjustments on the fly, but we don't go into preseason games, game planning other teams. You know, so, I mean, if it looked good, it looked good. If it don't, you know, we still going to do our thing. We're going to run our stuff, but we're not game planning any teams, not for preseason anyway.
0: Right. This is, this is about really just, like you said, our concepts transferring are the things we're doing mm-hmm. in practice. Are y'all able to execute? You're not even really concerned. Cause both teams, like you said, the, the defense lining up, they're doing the same thing. They're looking to make sure that their guys are recognizing Things on the opposing front offensively. You're looking. So nobody's trying to show anything that they're really Mm -hmm. working on. You're just trying to make sure people (laughs) understand concepts, assignments, and you're trying to get out of there without anybody getting
1: hurt. Right. That's it. And execution. That's that's all we're looking for, especially this first preseason game. Now, that last one, if the vets are playing a little bit more, we're still not game planning, but you still want the vets to get more of those reps so they can be more ready when it comes to that following week or a couple of weeks after that, when their actual season starts up.
0: For guys, when you do get in that opportunity, particularly if you're a rookie, those first year impact players, you know, one of the things you've always talked about is that willingness on special teams. This is really an opportunity, that first opportunity to put something
1: on tape. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Not. And one thing I tell young guys when they come in, I know you play this position or that position, you're going to have an opportunity to play those positions. If you're a receiver, you'll have an opportunity to play that receiver position. But when you get your chance to go out there on special teams, that is your way on the team. You have to show that you are more valuable than just the position that you play because if you're not a starter, you got to be able to play special teams. And if you're not, even if you are a third-string uh, receiver, you got to be on two special teams if you're the third receiver. If you're the fourth receiver, you got to be on all four special teams. You know, so, of course, number one and number two receivers, you don't have to be on special teams. Sometimes they're putting number two receiver on one special team. But the more you can do, you got to be more versatile. And for the young guys, that is your way on the team. Special teams is your way on. So get the special teams coach to fall in love with you. And if you get the special teams coach to fall in love with you, that's another guy that's fighting for you in that meeting room to keep you around
0: what was it like as a rookie that first preseason game for you when you came out? Like, did you talk to any of the vets to ask what, you know, to to get ready? Did you, were you kind of into yourself? What was your just approach to that first time stepping out on the field?
1: Man, just understanding my assignment, you know, playing. But for me, my situation was a little bit different when I came out. Uh, I came, my first year was under uh, Bill Parcells with the Dallas Cowboys. I didn't play a lot in preseason when I came out. His his big thing was, and he kind of told me beforehand, he was like, cop, we're gonna try to hide you. We don't want nobody to see you. You know, you're not, at, he said, you're not at the bottom. He said, we're not at the bottom of the totem pole. So he said, but we're not gonna play you because we don't want anybody to see you. So that was a little way of, of hiding me. So if somebody else did see me and they released me, which the Dallas Cowboys did, they released me, but picked me right back on the practice squad. But if I went out there and showed out and they released me, they might not have been able to put me back on practice squad because another team probably would have claimed me. You know, so I didn't play a lot of preseason games. But when you go on out there, the first thing you're thinking about is, okay, I got to know my plays. Make sure I'm running my plays and executing. That is the biggest thing. Make sure you know what you're doing and go out there and execute and play at a high level.
0: Man, It's just exciting. We finally get to an actual football week. Um, We'll talk as we get into the week about what the Saints will try to do. Like you said, it's not specific things that they're looking for as far as wins and losses, but you're looking for specific things out of some players. And we'll talk about as the week goes on. But TC, man, football's here every week now. We got four days a week, every week until February, we got a game to play.
1: We got it, man. We got Look, I'm just happy it's back. Look, I ain't nothing. But you know, after basketball season over with, I'm not real big on I I watch a baseball game in person, but I don't, I'm not a big guy to watch it on TV. You know, so after basketball season's over with, there's nothing left on. You know, so I've been waiting for the football season to roll back around. So I'm excited about it as well. All right folks, we well, y'all know, until the next time y'all make sure you check us
0: out wherever you get your podcast and of course on YouTube as well, the Believe Network. It says "Bid Believe in Saints. Do that